Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future Brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Started off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Volume. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin.
TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. With big fights every week, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot and join the action on FanDuel Friday nights. Because right now, you can place your first bet risk free. That's right. You'll get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from. There are parlays, round props, method of victory bets, and so much more. Look, I'm taking the American Mitrosposo over Jake Hadley uh, this this weekend. That's one in the UFC that I'm going to take. Uh, there's some great parlays out there as well. And offers like this are just one of the many reasons I love betting on FanDuel. They're the number one rated sportsbook app in America for good reason. They're easy to use. It's safe and secure, and the payouts are faster than you would believe. This app is so easy to use, and when you win, you'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. With FanDuel in your corner, you'll always get exclusive odd boosts, great promotions, and so much more to make your FanDuel fight night even more exciting. That's why they're America's number one sportsbook. And sign up with the promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, to bet risk-free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That's promo code JBOY, J-B-O-Y. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See uh, terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. Well, thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us live here on a Tuesday. This show is jam-packed. It's packed more full than a warehouse behind a super Walmart in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So make sure you guys are tuned in. Blaine's going to go live on Facebook as well. Hop into the Booster Club. Throw some questions in the chat. We're going to go to y'all a lot today, but I got to get to what, we get, uh, what we're going to get to because it's going to be a little nuts. We're going to hit a little bit of everything today. So we want to make sure you guys are getting your comments, uh, questions in. Hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and hit it. Hit that like button because I promise you're going to like it. I want to tell you about the rundown today. Going to start out, I want to talk a little bit more 
more about the Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels deal and, and why it's a good thing for Georgia and that Georgia fans don't need to be freaking out about it. It's something that's going to come in handy, especially if something were to happen with JT and an injury. We're going to talk about AM and bring Billy Lucci in here from Texags uh, to talk a little bit about whether this was kind of a one-trick pony. Will they be able to take confidence from this? Got a matchup against Missouri that really kind of favors the, the offensive line and the running back, Spiller, A-Chain, uh, there at Texas A&M. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Drew Butler in here, from former Georgia punter, NFL punter as well. Going to talk some special teams, going to talk some national landscape. Uh, he's at Icon Source, too, which is doing unbelievable things in the NIL space. We're going to drop our SEC power rankings. And the East is pretty easy, but the West, uh, it's it's a traffic jam right now. And there's a lot of different kind of looks and a lot of different narratives and logical, you know, rational conclusions you can draw from your own power rankings. Want to hear what you think about ours. Uh, and we're going to touch a little bit of everything today and give you our picks for App State and Lafayette tonight. That's right. Tuesday football's back. Thank goodness we don't have to wait until Thursday anymore. A little fun belt action. And then, you know, later in the year, we're going to have Maction, whatever nickname they give to it. Just glad that we have football uh, on at different times, not just Thursday through Saturday. Uh, So appreciate you guys joining us. Make sure you check out FanDuel as well. But I want to start here with this Georgia quarterback deal. And also we're going to get to Lane Kiffin. All right, I'm going to get to that. We're going to spend a decent amount of time on that. Going to play fill in the gap because this is a real thing that's going on right now. I know a lot of LSU fans are, you know, very intrigued. There's some that won't be happy. Uh, But when you're dealing with a polarizing character like that, it's going to be split. But starting with Georgia, and I don't want to stay on this too long, but with Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels, and we talked about this yesterday, you have a great situation at Georgia right now. The team chemistry is great. The offense has kind of consumed the identity and the bully mentality of the defense. The offensive line has. Getting Darnell Washington back was huge. But Stetson is running the offense very efficiently right now. They're not having to reach for things. They're not having to to try crazy things to get yardage or to sustain drives. And they're grinding teams down. And once you get later in the season, you get into the postseason. And Georgia, I don't think there's a matchup out there that anybody's going to be even with Georgia uh, as a whole team, let alone a defensive side of the ball, which they have the most dominant side of the ball in the country. But what you see is you have to be able to be balanced. We talk about it, but grinding guys out on the ground does multiple things. It wears down the front seven on the defense. It helps you control the clock. And Georgia's done a really good job of getting out in front of people and really just sitting on the ball and waiting you out while grinding you down. And it just... As a defense and as a team, watching Georgia do what they do late in games is just a kick to the gut. It, it's, it's almost like playing a, a triple option team that is really, really good, and they get up on you, and then all of a sudden they're getting in second and seven. Then it's third and three. Then it's a first down, they get by a yard, or it's fourth and inches, and they get it easy. It's just it, they don't get themselves in bad situations. And Stetson Bennett has done a good job when they have been in the third and sixes, when they do want to take a shot on the play action or the boot on first down, of delivering the ball. And you look outside, guys like Ladd McConkey staring, uh, are stepping up. Kiaris Jackson getting back into the mix. And we know Georgia has really good players, but they're winning from inside out on both sides of the ball. And that lasts that, that's not a, a, a flash-in-the-pan situation. That's an identity. And it's one of the best identities that, can, that you can have. And for the younger crowd out there, when you're making a created player, whether it be on 2K, NCAA, uh, Madden, you can choose different you know, kind of prestiges or identities for that player. Well, Georgia has chosen, in my opinion, the most successful team identity. And that's building it from the inside out. And then you look at JT Daniels. And guys, I get it. JT Daniels is a much better thrower than Stetson Bennett. Now, Stetson Bennett is a much better runner than JT Daniels is. And when JT is healthy, if he's healthy enough to go out there, Coach Smart, commented on this a little bit earlier today, is going to put him in there. 
the question is, what if you put him in there and it's not going great? Or what if you put him in there and, and he takes one hit and his oblique or his lats messed up? Well, you have the perfect solution to put in there. So it's not a controversy per se. And I tweeted out yesterday a QB controversy and then rephrased it. It's not a controversy per se. But you have a solution to a problem that hasn't presented itself yet. If JT were to come in and it either wouldn't work or we know, or he just wasn't healthy enough to do it. So if I'm a Georgia fan, I would much rather have it this way than the other way. Because you look at teams right now. Look at what happened to LSU. Miles Brennan goes down. What happens if Mac Johnson goes down? You got nobody. Look at A&M. Haynes King goes down. Calzada gets hurt. And you basically got me coming in there to do the last drive against Alabama. And Calzada came out of the tent once they hit him with that wonder juice that they got under there. But look, at the end of the day, if you're a Georgia fan, you have lasting, sustaining identity. And you have a guy waiting in the wings that we know is an elite thrower of the football because JT is. But it's still an unknown for this year with his health. So worst case scenario, he comes in and doesn't look great or comes in and takes a hit against a Florida or something like that and has to go out. You don't have to sit here and hold your breath and say, we have no answers at quarterback. Dewan Mathis isn't coming out on that field. And Stetson has played in those big games. So if I'm a Georgia fan, to me, it's nothing to argue about. We know that JT's a better thrower, but you have answers to every problem. And teams that have answers to every problem, especially at the quarterback position, tend to win a lot of games and win them their way. See, Georgia is winning games the way they're going into games trying to win them. That's key. And you've got to be able to do multiple things. And I think Stetson's getting more and more comfortable with the passing game. He throws a pretty decent vertical ball. It's those throws on the run. It's not making those one to two bad decisions. So quarterback controversy? Nah. Quarterback battle? Maybe. But quarterback solutions? You got plenty of them. And that's all you can ask for. Now on to A&M. And some people will say, oh, it's fool's gold. Oh, it's fool's gold. People say, oh, is that win a fluke? Well, you've got to understand the progression and, and, and the circumstances of where position groups are. You know, the biggest knock, and we've talked about this on this show every single week, is that AM was struggling to run the ball, which is what Jimbo wants the offense to be built around. Not saying that Jimbo doesn't want to spread it around. Not saying that Jimbo doesn't want to take shots. Not saying that Jimbo doesn't want to hit Wademeyer in the seam over and over and over again until the safeties start to funnel and you get your one-on-one matchups outside. But when you're not balanced, you're in trouble. And Zach Calzada is not a guy that can really create on his own. Now, he has an above-average arm. I mean, he was throwing yes. absolute RPGs uh, into the intermediate passing game, and they were finding holes in that Alabama zone. But to me, AM has two young guys up front. They've got new guys pretty much all across the front. Mm-hmm. We know how talented Green is, a guy coming back from last year. But sometimes it just clicks. And when you go out there and you're able to do what they did against a defense, the caliber uh, of Alabama, even though they've struggled and the inside linebackers uh, are playing terrible right now. And some people will blame the defensive line, but put on the tape. I'm used to seeing Alabama linebackers like Hightower and McLean and guys like that meeting running backs in the hole. Because there's times where Henry isn't touched. He's not touched, but he's waiting and he's squatting. And you can go back and watch the tape. Alabama has them gapped out. There's one hole there where the linebacker has to go fill it, and they're not going downhill and filling it. And that's a problem. That's not what Alabama's built on. That's not how they've won. 
running backs were nervous about that hole opening up and having that one-on-one space with, with Alabama Mikes. Because Alabama Mikes from Reggie Raglan on, they're coming down to kill you. They're not coming down to tackle you. They're trying to knock your head off your shoulders. And they're not getting it from Christian Harris. And they're not getting it from Henry Toa Toa. It's not happening right now. And if it stays that way, any offensive line worth their salt is going to gap scheme them to death. They're going to gap scheme them to death. They're going to say, all right, we're going to take Will Anderson out of the play. We're going to run away from him. And we're going to make these inside backers come get us. And they haven't. Squatting's never good unless you're in the weight room. Shout out to Jarquez Hunter. But AM to me, when I look at him, all they needed was a little confidence up front. All young guys that are talented, because it's not like AM has young guys that aren't physically ready. They're physically ready, they just had to see it. And it's amazing when a young guy has success. And it's amazing when a young guy has success against an elite team. And they did. They pushed, and you can say, oh, they had 94 rushing yards and this, that, and the other. But again, like I said yesterday, when it was third and one, when it was fourth and one, when it was third and two, when it was third and three, and everybody in the building, all 107,000 people knew they were running it, A&M lined up and ran it right down their throat. And they ran it well enough that Calzada had time. O-line did a good job protecting, but Alabama was having to play both sides of the pass and the run. And when you do that, you catch them even. And a lot of times, if you've got the ability, there's an old saying, if we're even, we're leaving. And that's what happened. You can't funnel the ball where you want it. You go back and watch A&M earlier in the year. Teams could take away one phase. They take away the run game, and they say, all right, Jimbo, we're going to know where your passing game is. We're going to be able to read Calzada's eyes. There's a reason he was number two, and he's not grown up yet. Well, he grew up. Because they had the running game, it was available. Guys like Spiller, A-Chain, those are guys when you're putting together a scouting report, Pete Golding, any of these guys, you circle those names. Who can kill us with the home run? Those guys can. And does A&M take the next step? Well, you got a great opponent to run the ball against this week in Missouri. I mean, they couldn't stop runs in their shorts. And they're probably the worst front seven in the SEC defensively outside of Andy, but they don't count. So if you're an A&M fan, do those two losses hurt? Yes. But was it a fluke? No. And all that defense needed. We know how talented Leal and, and you saw, I mean, Clemens and those guys coming off the edge. All they needed was to look at that offense and say, well, okay, boys. Okay. Now, they gave up 38, and Bryce Young, I, I thought the offense for Alabama played really well. They had a couple drops. But when you score 38 and you look at the stats, offense won A&M that game. A&M won that game on offense. Who in the world, outside of A&M fans, and that's fine because you're biased toward your own team, you should be, that's what makes it great, how many people thought A&M was going to win that game on offense? Now, if you're the defense, you've got a standard you've got to live up to now. You were supposed to be the older guys. You were supposed to be the guys that were pushing people around up front, and the offense would have to score 24 to 27, 31, and we definitely went. The standard was just raised at A&M for this season. And it shows you the roller coaster ride that you go on, especially when you have young guys up front. But when you recruit well, all it takes is a little confidence. Fostering those guys going back in the locker room, looking at each other and saying, hey, we can push these guys around. We can push anybody around. And that's something that makes AM very dangerous. And Zach Calzada got a ton of confidence. And man, was he slinging the potato last Saturday. The kid's got an NFL arm. He just and, and he's made mistakes, and we know he's not super mobile, but he's tough. He's got a great arm. He can go through his progressions. Any Jimbo coach quarterback, you can say what you want about Jameis, who's in the NFL, by the way. 
Jimbo got Kellen Mond and EJ Manuel drafted to the NFL to play quarterback. Jimbo's an unbelievable quarterback coach. And if AM gets hot down the stretch, you thought the quarterback battle going into this year between him and Haynes King was hot? And Haynes can't really control it, and we know he's coming back and all this. But if they're playing like that, Jimbo's not taking him out. You're out of your mind if you think Jimbo's going to take him out. But again, you're building depth through the season, which is the best way to build depth. Building depth in practice is nice, but it's different when the lights come on. When we have our production meeting for the show, it's fun. We do this. We have great takes going back and forth. When these lights come on, it's got to show up. It's got to show up. Just like you guys out there, whether you work for FedEx, whether you work, I don't care, as a janitor or whatever. Talking about it's nice, but when you're expected to do the job, when the pressure's at its most, you have to perform. And how do you do that? By holding guys accountable and competition. It should always be a competition on the field, in the classroom, in the community, in recruiting, at home. It's always a competition. And when it's always a competition, the old saying is iron sharpens iron. Why do you think Nick Saban's been able to roll through like he has? Every position, there's competition. This week, I'm not going to have it on my bets, but I guarantee you Alabama covers. I guarantee you they do. Everybody's going to be jumping on Mississippi State. But if you don't think in those rooms, in those meeting rooms, at those practices in Tuscaloosa this week, that the young guys aren't looking around saying, hey, this may be my chance. Five-star defensive lineman. Five-star offensive lineman. It's about competition. One of the reasons why the United States is the biggest superpower in the country. We're a competitive people. Think what you want. We're a competitive people. And competition breeds excellence, but it's got to be done in the right way. And when you have that competition and the culture there, like Alabama has, like A&M's been working on, you do it through recruiting, recruiting the right guys. That's how you sustain success. That's how you're able to compete at the highest level week in and week out. And that's how you get your guys up more times than other people get their guys up. And you mix that with the best players, that's how you beat people to sleep. That's the formula. That's the process. If you really want to know. And I don't think it was a fluke. And I want to get Billy Lucci in here uh, when we get him. By the way, uh, David Cohn, you'll see him as a remote from the house. Dude is a soldier, a little under the weather today, uh, but is still putting in work. Uh, Coney, you know we appreciate you, brother. What do you think? Hey, the show must go on. <laughs> you can just tell he's just in there. I, I can just see him like in a, in a room right now just with darkness around him, but he's, he's always coming Love through. It. Blaine, what do you think? When you beat Alabama, it's not a fluke. Right. No, it's no. never a fluke. If you beat Alabama for four quarters, it's never a fluke. And Texas A&M came into this game. This is a heavyweight matchup. Every time you go against Alabama, you can't be a three round. You can't. Alabama's going to hit early, but you got to hit back. You have to make this game a twelve round fight to the nail, to the buzzer, to the bell, to the end of it. And you saw that with A&M. They hit back when Bama hit them. Yeah. Right. When you play a team like Alabama or Georgia, you got to respond. You got to tell that they're mortal. They bleed just like we do. We're at home. We recruited. We got some dogs. And when it's young guys, if it clicks once, right? If it feels right once, you they, believe. You start to believe. And believe. Belief in football is a powerful. It's a swing, power. It's a fickle metric, especially mistress. for a young guy up front yep. on the offensive line. When you start moving the guys around on the first drive, I remember watching that first drive. They go kick the field goal. I watched that drive and I said, "Uh oh." 
because it, it flashes back to that Florida game. And the thing about Alabama, which is different from this year, is that their weakness, you've never seen it really out of an Alabama team, and that's the front seven. Right. For sure. That's always been the strongest that, point true. of an Alabama team. Maybe not the best offense. Well, you feared them. Yeah. You, you feared knew, them. You knew you probably aren't scoring more than 21 points in that game when you play an Alabama and a Nick Saban coach defense. And what you're seeing, you're seeing busted coverage. You're getting pushed around up front. And if there's any coach in the nation that's going to be able to fix it, it's Nick Saban. Right? For sure. And that's why I agree with you when you say that Alabama's probably going to come in and cover versus Mississippi State. If there's a coach that can do it, that can get guys right, can get guys in their head, and get them to focus on the right things, mm-hmm. the little things. That's the best coach in college to ever put a headset on, and that's Nick Saban. Yeah, that, that's why it's so interesting to watch these dynamics throughout the season, and we're going to get Billy Lucci in here in a minute. But, you know, the, one of the biggest things, uh, in my opinion, when you look at a team and the makeup of a team, we talk about the three things, right? Culture, personnel, development. Yes. Those are the three things. Competition falls under culture. But sometimes all it takes is that one win, that one breakthrough win to believe. You can go back to early in Saban's career at Alabama, but the difference in what you saw with A&M versus Alabama and Georgia and Auburn is the dogs from A&M stepped up when their number was called. When that ball was in the air, it was theirs. Auburn don't, doesn't have those guys. No. On, when it came down to making the play to win the game, the dogs stepped up and made the plays to win the game. When AM needed that stop late, they got it. That's the difference. That's the formula to beat an Alabama or a Georgia. You can't go in there afraid, and you got to hit back when they hit. And you got to have the personnel that has the ability to do it. True. They may, you're not going to be as talented as they are uh, across the board most times, unless you're one of them. But the guy's got to step up and make plays. That's the difference between the Auburn-Georgia game and the A&M-Alabama game. The dogs stepped up for A&M at certain positions. Like the wide receiver group. Yeah. You know, Wattemeyer stepped up. Mm-hmm. Guys like that stepped up. Certain, the ones for Auburn didn't. Yeah, certain, when you turn the lights on on a Saturday, certain guys are going to show up. Some guys are just practice players. You'll learn that through your career, especially yep. in coaching. Some guys that practice will be the best practice players you will ever see in your life. But when the lights turn on on a Saturday – and it's just you and that ball in the air, and you have that mentality, because it has to be an everyday mentality, whether that's a weight room, whether it's class, whether it's getting an A instead of the B. It's the little things. And Texas A&M, Texas A&M fans, you see how good you can be now. Yeah. Right? The bar just got raised. It's, it, it's where you thought it would be. You have a quarterback, a new quarterback, a backup mm-hmm. quarterback that came in, and it takes time yeah. to get acclimated to this game. And it takes time. And how great of a job by Calzada to beat Alabama at home. And if you're right, if you're Haynes King and they keep playing the way they're playing, especially Calzada the way he's playing, you want to talk about a QB battle. Yeah. And I promise you, Jimbo will have him right now. Well, Jimbo's going to play the best one. Yeah, Jimbo will have him right. Jimbo doesn't play the, the, hey, this, that, and the other. I'm not okay. You're not okay. But that's okay. I promise you this. Jimbo's going to play the best one. Billy Lucci's about to hop in here in a second. But, Blaine, what's the Booster Club saying about it? Yeah, let me get in here. We actually had a question from 10-0 that I want to get to. Could we see a wide open SEC West like we saw in 2014. Notice how even that year Alabama mm-hmm. still came out on top. Yeah, we used to look, I'm going to tell you right now in the power rankings I've got Alabama number one just because the odds of them losing in my opinion compared to you know the other teams in the SEC West when you look at the schedule. You know Arkansas is going to be a hurdle. Ed Auburn, Jordan Hare, we know how tough that is uh, in the Iron Bowl and, and what that means. But I, I think it is wide open because here's what's the craziest part to me. You could legitimately have a two loss winner in the SEC West True. before the the SEC championship game. But what's so great about that, 
outside of just, you know, teams having a chance, is the parity in the West and what that means for college football in this region. Every game is huge. Pretty much every game in the West is huge. Ole Miss at Tennessee, huge for Ole Miss. Can't lose that one. You've already got one loss in the West. Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas, you've got two SEC losses. Yeah. You can't afford another one. Auburn's got one. You know, you drop that, now you've got two. Mississippi State and Alabama. It's just there's so many great matchups when things are tight like this. And it makes it fun. It, it really does for the fans, for everybody. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to bet on Bama to be at the SEC championship yeah. game. Because like you said, there's very few teams in the country that have the coaches, the resources, and the players to be able to come back and have a ceiling like they have. It's not like they have bad players. No, that's not it. It's That's not it. Some guys aren't playing well. We talked about the inside backers. We talked a little bit about the secondary. You could say the D-line. You could say the O-line, giving up you know five, six sacks to A&M. But a lot of times, when you're playing d- different teams, so the A&Ms, they have a couple guys at a couple spots that can match you, or they're better than you. That's why you look in the NFL. I watched a guy last night, a running back, playing for the Colts that was from a school that I've never even heard of. Yeah. There's great players everywhere. It's just who can aggregate them the most. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's been Alabama. That's been Georgia. It's been the teams that you've seen in the playoff. But to beat them, like you said, you got to punch back. And that's what A&M did. Uh, and I want to hey, get Jay. Billy Lucci in here. Cone, Jay, are we I good got, to go? Uh, Jay, I got Billy Lucci here. Let's get Billy in here. Billy Lucci, what is up, bro? Oh man, that was a little. That's a little close on that shot. I've got to back up. Look, a you're bit. a good-looking cat, Billy. We all know it. Show it off. Let it. You got the. You got the lettuce going in the back. Blaine is actually kind of marrying you yeah, over there with his. Billy. We don't have I the camera grow, on him right I now. I want to grow up and be like you, man. Yeah, he wants to grow up to be Billy Lucci. It. Yeah, but Billy, man, I want to talk about this because I don't know how much you're able to hear the monologue. We're a little fired up today, yeah. this morning. I don't think this win. You don't beat Bama, and it's a fluke. There's not a fluke yeah. when you when you play a game like that. You know, a four-quarter fist fight comes down to a field goal. Has this A&M team realized, hey, we may be pretty damn good? Yeah, you know what, Jake? I've been talking to these guys all weekend after this game. Um, I've interviewed one-on-one, four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, and I, All week I'd heard that, that they figured out that what they were doing wasn't good enough. And by what they were doing, I mean individually. I mean out at practice. No matter how much you, you you've been on this side of thing on that side of things, no matter how much coaches try to convince you, like every team outside of the Bamas, where it's just so ingrained in the culture, right? Mm-hmm. But no matter how much the coaches try to implore, that every team has to figure it out on their own pace because there's so much turnover in college football every year. You don't know when losing one guy can change the entire thing in terms of leadership. And and this week I had people telling me this is different. They're practicing completely different. They've had their best week of practice all four days. Calzada looked terrific. The offense looked better than it had all year. Um, And that was all weeks. You know, people that would tell me otherwise and have told me otherwise – uh, we're going, man. I think though a lot of them didn't think it would show up necessarily in the form of a victory against Bama, but just that these guys were figuring it out. Calzada was putting in a lot more time in film study uh, than he had at any point. You heard Tyree Johnson talking about how he, on his own all week, was studying Alabama's tackles and knew exactly what he wanted to do in terms of his pass rush. I mean, these are things yeah. that. 
Yeah, you, you fan as fans, you sit there and go, well, don't you expect that? Well, no, not with 18 to 22 years. You just never know when an individual or a team is going to hit that point. And I think they rock bottomed against Mississippi State. Not, not to disrespect State. I've always thought they're an underrated, underappreciated program there um, with great coaching with the exception of, of Moorhead's stint. But <laughs> – but I'm sitting – and they beat A&M too, by the way, because like you were just saying, guess what? They had three first-round picks on their defense yeah. that made plays, and, and Kellen Mond and those guys in Jimbo's first year couldn't overcome it in, in uh, Starkville. But they were they were uh, prepared for this one, I think, in, in a different way. They I think something about the back-to-back losses with Bama looming and everyone in the world saying they were going to lose three in a row and – your boy Stephen A. over there just laughing at A&M from the summer. I asked the guys about that, and they said, you know, basically, like, what do you think? Hell, yeah, that bothered us and, and motivated us. Um, guys like Anaya Smith, whose brother transferred from Alabama, and, and, you know, remember that whole deal with him going to Georgia, Maurice Smith, and they uh, basically took his brother's stuff out of his locker at Alabama and threw it away. Uh, under Saban's directive, that that has stuck in his craw. He said that game was very personal to him. He said he knew it was personal to Calzada after, you know, kind of the fire he'd been under the last couple weeks. So turning point, I would hope so, Jake, because they now know what it takes to perform at that level. And like you said, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a bunch of like just crazy turnovers by Bama or or A and M going up thirty one and nothing, you know, twenty four to nothing. It was a hell of a game. Yeah, it was just a great back and forth, and I felt like A and M took Bama's best punches down the stretch, and that's I was glad to see that that you know Bama took the lead and they they gave A and M they didn't want to give up that winning streak at all, and A and M had to take it from them. Yeah, for sure. And and that game was won, not lost. And watching, you know, Seth Small's family as the field goal kicks. I mean, I got nervous for him. Like, I, I don't have kids yet. I can only imagine just, you know, spinning your guts around before that. And then they hit it. You know, again, you talk about that for the rest of your life. You tell the grandkids about that one. But I had you know, no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that kick did that. Dude, the 12th man fourth. pushed him. I swear y'all only had one side of the stadium screaming. Like, y'all have it so – I mean, y'all go to these midnight yell practice, Billy. I don't know what y'all are doing behind closed doors, but I think right. that may have been a half of the stadium yell if you feel it's going this way, and it worked out. The the witchcraft and they wizardry of the back. 12th man, for sure. I, yeah, I saw that about <laughs> 4 in the morning and thought I was still drunk. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because <laughs> from the sideline, he kicked it. It's a chip shot. It never crossed my mind. He'd miss it. Dude. Oh, and, God. And the right. crowd went nuts. Yeah. Billy, it was, it was, it bananaed back in there. But look, it went in at the end of the day. You know, the shot yeah. goes in. It can hit off the backboard and go in. Bank's always open. Hit off the front, knock around as long as it goes in. Yeah. In the, in the yeah. stat book, that, that might as well have gone right down the middle, That's bud. That's three points, baby. That's three points, baby. But Billy, you know, just a couple more. We're here with Billy Lucci from Texags. I mean, if you're an AM fan, you don't know what Texags is. Welcome to the planet Earth. Appreciate you guys joining us. Look for the oxygen and, and low carbon. Hope you enjoy it. But Billy, forecasting the rest of this season, looking at Missouri, it, and you can never overlook anybody but if I were to draw up a team that you would love to gain even more confidence running the ball in because A&M did well running the ball but they only had 94 combined rushing yards but they ran it when they had to to keep Alabama honest I don't know if you could drop a better defense than Missouri because they're getting ran through like a finish line man 
Yeah, and they need they need to run well because you know quietly what no one noticed because of they lost the game. Calzada had played better against Mississippi. He played so much better against State mm-hmm. than he did against Arkansas. And the Aggies ran for I think before sacks and stuff, and, and there was a bad snap that cost him like 15 yards. They ran for like around 250 against Mississippi State. That's not an easy defense to run against. So they did no. show progress. Bama bottled them up enough, but like you said, AM ran it effectively. I think these next two weeks playing Missouri and South Carolina before the bye, A, you want to see AM build on the momentum. 11 a.m. in Como, it's enough to make you nervous, but the Aggies need to go out there and just, you know, play like they can play. Uh, but running the ball these next couple weeks, Jake, I think is important. They may have finally figured things out to a degree on the O-line. I'm not saying it's going to be nothing but smooth sailing from here on, but they were really good against Bama. Um, Running the ball well these next couple weeks, because here's the thing. You're going to have to be able to run it against Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU. I mean, uh, Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU down the stretch if you want to really close this thing out uh, and make some noise. You were talking about the SEC race. You know, the Aggies are in a bit of a – significant hole with the two losses but you look at that schedule and you just say hey win saturday get south carolina at home go into a bye take your chances get healthy and and, and by the way considering the way this season started if this team can can start winning ball games and look up and have a shot at, at a new year's six bowl or something like that that's an incredible incredible finish for this team it's a long way off but if they play like they did Saturday night, and in a lot of ways they can be better. That O line still shouldn't be nearly as good as it can be. Calzada, this may you know if this could serve as a launching pad for him, he should continue to get better. And uh, the, I still don't think the defense is playing as well as they can, even though they they made some big time plays Saturday night. How healthy is Zach? I want to get to the booster cub lane. I know they got some questions for Billy. A couple more, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get matter. Billy, how healthy is Calzada right now? He practiced yesterday, so. Mm. That antimantium. Yeah, I mean, yeah, tell me right. To come out to come out on uh, on a Monday and practice after that, I, I think that that's pretty pretty telling. Yeah, I think he's. Been, I think it's more of a. It's not an injury. Per, it's not an injury per se, uh, as much as it is. It's you know he's really sore and banged up. Yeah, yeah. Blaine, what is the Booster Club saying? Yeah, I got a question here from Tyke Seelock. He says, "What happens if A and M wins out? Alabama falls to Auburn, LSU. Can you see an A and M team go into Atlanta?" Yeah, if they, yeah, if they did that, I don't think I can't imagine Alabama losing to LSU. But, but <laughs> there are some holes. You know, what really hurt Bama the other day too was was uh, Malachi Moore going out early, and I yeah, thought the Aggies did a hurt. great job. That hurt. Great job of exploiting that. There was no reason for him to hit the quarterback like that on that. And I'm a big guy that thinks I'm glad both those targetings later in the game got reversed. That tells me that the officials are kind of starting to use some common sense. But his was a blatant hit. But still, Bama has some flaws that you don't see. And here's one thing I'll say about them. I watch that game, and I know – now I'm forgetting his name. The receiver from Ohio State. Uh, Jamo, Jamison uh, Williams, right? He's he's like Waddle, man. Yeah, he had a terrific game. Uh, Mechie did some things again. Nothing like he did to the Aggies last year, though. And Robinson looked special. He was way better than than I expected. And obviously Bryce Young. He Johnny turned to me after one play by Bryce Young where he just went, that's perfect defense. That's just an incredible 
football play that hardly anybody mm. can make. And he did that several times. But they're not the same at tight end. They're not the same in the backfield, even with Robinson, when you look at what they, they've had. Um, those two receivers are good. It's nothing like last year or the year before when they went Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, and Smith. <sighs> and they're way down to me at tight end. And, and, and I'm telling you, that to me – and by the way, the Aggie defensive line – had their way with those guys up front. So I do think this is the closest thing to a rebuild. It's a reload, let's call it what it is. But, I mean, it's the first time I've noticed it since A&M has been playing Alabama. It's the first time where I go, look at A-Chain, Smith, Weidemeyer, um, Spiller. Those guys are right there with what, with what Bama mm-hmm. was putting on the field. And I've never been able to say that. Uh, at the skill spots, with the exception maybe of, of you know, when they had, well, obviously they had Manziel and Evans 10 years ago. So yeah. it's the first time where, where I've seen that. So I do think somebody maybe could come get out there and get them, but I'm not sure. But but it's not two, right? They only need to lose one more if the Aggies won yeah, out. It's I, just one. I think yeah, it's you a got tall the tiebreaker. And it's a tall order for A&M to win out, too. I don't know which is less likely, but I guess both are possible. Yeah, you know, there's always a possibility. But, man, there's never a possibility that's not going to be good when I get Billy Lucci on. Billy, I appreciate it, buddy. Everybody head over to the Tech Sags and check him out. Uh, give David Nuno my best, too. We're going to get him on soon. Nuno, I'll tell him, and I wish you guys were there. It would have been uh, it would have been quite man. the celebration. Yeah, I know. We uh, we had a good time. We got that Saturday live stream. But uh, we'll, we'll take a rain check. We'll, we'll be at the next one. I appreciate you, Billy. Hi, brother. Good to talk to you always, Jake. Hey, you too, buddy. Thanks. Billy Lucia, always great. We're going uh, to get Drew Butler in here from Georgia a little bit, but I want to talk about Oklahoma a mm. little bit and uh, maybe some fill-in-the-gap. Cone, are you feeling some fill-in-the-gap right now? Let's do it, buddy. Let's do it. Cone in the infirmary, still just soldiering it out. Shout out to Michigan quarterbacks, but all right, let's do it. Okay. Uh, the, all right. All so right get, get me with All this, right, go ahead. Right? Coach at LSU in 2022 will be let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket legal shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years they connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done legal shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iheart pplsi does not provide legal representation or advice see a plan for complete terms there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. 
They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Lane Kiffin. All right, now everybody calm down. Uh, Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. We're good, we're good, we're good. All right. So, um, you know, again, uh, to me... Lane is deadly in this job. This or Florida should scare the hell out of the whole SEC. And I think it's actually a really good fit. And people will say, oh, well, with all the problems that LSU's had and bringing in another guy that has baggage off the field, when's the last time you heard something about Lane off the field? That's the part I don't understand. Like, okay, he had stuff in his past. The same thing I talked about with Michael Wilbon. And you can say, oh, well, flipping the headset to the reporter. That's part of the shtick that he has for social media. That's the way recruiting is going. Whether you like it or not, he took a chance because he'd have looked like a savage if they had just went down there and scored on that first drive or won the game, which, you know, they almost went down there and did score. But Lane, to me, at LSU, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, that there is going to be talks very soon. We've talked about Cristobal. That contract at Oregon is, is kind of this, that, and the other, but I still think he's one of the main guys. But I am starting to really believe, from what I am hearing, that Lane Kiffin will be the head coach at LSU in 2022, and that is straight out of the conjuring for every other team in the SEC, at least offensively. Mm. And I would not be surprised if he tried to reach out and go get Barry Odom. There I said it. Because don't forget, LSU tried to get Lane as OC before he took the FAU job. Nobody remembers that. Nobody talks about that. But that is factual. And there's no baggage that Lane has that's going to come in there and screw everything up. There's no NCAA investigation in Lane right now. There's no recruiting problems. But Lane Kiffin will be the next coach, in my opinion, right now. And we all know with musical chairs and the way Jimmy Sexton just witches his way through this whole deal and gets guys paid. But I am saying right now that Lane Kiffin will be the head coach of LSU in 2022. And, Cone, that is a scary deal. yesterday... 
yesterday you said LSU needs a father figure. What has changed? Well, listen, I'm not saying that it's that I think it's the best fit there possibly is. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing right now because I'd rather be right than say gotcha. that you know that the narrative is right. I guess, and gotcha. that's just what I'm okay. hearing right now. Do they probably need that? Yes. Could they be deadly with Lane? Yes. Could it be a disaster? Yes. All options are on the table. Mm-hmm. But right now, if I had to pick one, I think Lane Kiffin is the head coach at LSU in 2022. All right. Good to hear. All right. So Sam Pittman's comments on faking mm-hmm. injuries, in your opinion, were? Correct. We've got to figure out a way to do this. And this is way more nuanced than targeting to me. Targeting is easy. Number one, start calling it on the offensive players every now and then. It's a defensive penalty. You guys still haven't figured that out. I'm watching it in 8D on slow-mo replay, and offensive guys are lowering their crown into defensive guys, or when they're lowering their body, trying to hit somebody, and a defender goes down and hits them, then it's targeting. You do a flagrant one and a flagrant two. Just like basketball. There you go, NCAA, Officials Association fixed it for you guys da Vinci code it whatever but to me this faking injury deal is a little bit different because not every time a guy goes down while somebody has momentum is fake but we can really kind of tell and it's getting to the point now where it's very obvious so to me and I want to get to the booster club on this too before we bring Drew Butler in here to me I think there maybe should be a series penalty that if a player goes out and there is any thought by the officials that is a fake injury, or if there's any inclination, or you have somebody up in the booth that is watching for that specifically. And if that person says it smells funny, shouldn't be a penalty, shouldn't kick the player out of the game. He has to sit the rest of that series. Because if he's hurt, he's not coming back in that series anyway. But At least. What about what about making a delay a game penalty? Yes, but again, I mean, what if you're up, what if you're up ten points and they're driving with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and they got the ball at their own twenty, having to go eighty yards and they hit a couple plays? Oh, and I'm going to go down and they're up tempo and it's a five yard penalty. People are going to eat a five yard penalty. People eat five yard penalties all the time. Move the punter back. Move the kick back if it's a little close and a little bit weird. But to me, the players should be out for the series because if you're legitimately hurt. Probably not coming back in that series anyway. So that way it doesn't penalize the player by kicking him out of the game. It doesn't penalize the team by making it a 15-yard penalty, and then all of a sudden you're not 100% sure if the player's actually hurt. Just let him sit out the rest of the series. And if he's healthy enough to come back, put him in the next series. Yeah. Now you have to have a person to monitor that, but they still monitor, all right, there's you can't have two number 12s on the field. you got to have 11 on the field. They're monitoring a ton of stuff, and they can afford to pay a guy to sit up there and watch and say, yeah, that's BS. So, oh boy, just uh, either got sniped or he's faking it. Yeah. So I think he's right. It's a problem. Yeah. Agreed on that. All right, so Kentucky's chances of upsetting Georgia are what? About the same chances that I have of getting uh, elected president, which is zero. Uh, I just don't see it. I don't know how Kentucky scores against this team. But if you're Kentucky, and I picked them to finish second in the East, and I've been high on them, and Will Levis doing his thing out there, you're playing with house money. Yeah, It's house money. Because Georgia's, Georgia's personnel is a whole hell of a lot better than Kentucky's personnel. And I look at how Kentucky's built. And when Kentucky's rolling... Even though Liam Cohen's the OC, the Sean McVay protege, this, that, and the other, word to your mother and your brother, 
They're still a run-first team. Chris Rodriguez was able to dictate that game against LSU. It took a lot of pressure off Will Levis, who was huge in the run game. I think he had 75 yards uh, and a tud, maybe two. But Kentucky's still a run-first team. Georgia's going to take that away. They're going to bracket Wondell Robinson on third down. And I just don't see Kentucky going into Athens. Game day's there. Everybody believes. Ric Flair's going to be there probably. There's no <laughs> telling. Everybody that's ever stepped foot in the state of Georgia that is now a Georgia fan uh, is going to be there, and I think Georgia rolls them. That spreads at 23.5 for yeah. a reason. Mm-hmm. I think this is a 42-10 type game, and Georgia's not going to be tested uh, until the SEC championship, and to be honest with you, if it keeps rolling the way it's rolling, I don't know if there's a team in college. Iowa, if they play Georgia, I don't care if it's at Iowa. They're not scoring more than 10. Yeah, it, it Petrus, that Petrus would, would be in a triage tent before yeah, the end of that it, game. It, it'd probably be a worse spread than it is for the Georgia-Kentucky game. For sure. For sure. I, I don't see it, but I, I don't I don't think Kentucky has a chance. Okay, two more quickly, and then I'm going to get Drew Butler in here. The yep. playoff sleeper no one is talking about is who? Mm, man, that's a great question. You know, when, when you're looking at the outside in, I still think Penn State has a yep. chance. I still think Penn State has a chance. If Iowa, if that defense isn't able to cause turnovers in a couple more of these big games they have, or the Big Ten Championship, because they're on both sides of it, if you have an undefeated Iowa that beat Penn State at home, and then they play Penn State in the Big uh, Ten Championship game, Penn State has one loss, Iowa's undefeated, and Penn State beats them, if Clifford's back... I think they're going to put Penn State in the game. I, I, I really, really do because you got to look at that first game and say, well, you know, if everything's even and it's one loss each, what was the difference? That game changed when Clifford went out. Yeah. It changed 100%. Not that Iowa didn't deserve to win, but that game flipped 100% when Clifford went out. I would say Penn State, don't sleep on them. And really, I mean, Cone, I, you know, Michigan? I, I mean, nobody's say, what really. About the boys in blue? Yeah, I mean, what do, you, what do you think about that? You're the Michigan well, guy. I don't know. Like I said, they, they have a lot to chew on before they get there. They have to go to Sparty, and then, of course, they'll have Ohio at home. But one thing on Penn State I want you to keep in mind, they still have Ohio, Michigan, and they're going to have Michigan State as well. So, mm-hmm. all like I said, that side of the Big Ten still has to run a gauntlet against each other because those teams haven't played each other, whereas Iowa has really gotten through the biggest challenges they'll face. For sure, yeah, and, and we're going to find out. We'll find out a, a lot more about Michigan soon. But, all right, let's get to the next one before we get Drew in here. Okay, last one quickly, and then I'll get Drew in here. Oklahoma's starting quarterback moving mm-hmm. forward will be who? Has to be Caleb Williams. I mean, I mean, you can't justify to that locker room that he shouldn't be the guy. I mean, just like the game flipped for Iowa when Clifford went out, the game flipped for Oklahoma when Radler went out. And, yeah, he came in on the two-point conversion, great. But I'm going to tell you something that, that, that kind of – speaks volumes to me and and look I've never met Spencer Radler I've I've seen the D1 stuff I've never met him but watching him go back to the locker room while his teammates were celebrating out on the field yeah it's not a good look to me and there was a lot of stuff about him coming out of high school that it's about him and nobody else and then when it's going bad you're going to find out really what kind of person you got and was there something going on behind the scenes was he hurt maybe a little bit or this that and the other but I watched him walk off that thing and if I'm an Oklahoma fan or I'm an Oklahoma coach that stuff doesn't win and Caleb Williams came in and did the job, not only with his legs, but with his arm. 
I mean, Caleb made a few big-time throws. They made some great catches, but he made some big-time throws, and he's just tough. He's mobile. He's mobile and he's tough, but I'll tell you this. Watch out for TCU this week. Yep. Watch out. You're a 10-and-a-half-point yep. favorite. Gary Patterson does this. He does this with the way they run that defense. If that's a low-scoring game, I don't think it'd be crazy to sprinkle a little butter on the uh, TCU money line with where it's at. I'm just telling you, I've watched it. I've seen this movie before, and Oklahoma's really high right now after that comeback win. But watch out for TCU. Just watch out for him this week. All right, let's get Drew Butler in here. All right, let's get him in. There he is. What's up, the, Jay Boy? The greatest, p- the greatest punter the planet has ever seen, <laughs> Drew Butler. Drew, what's up, man? Hey, I'm all good, brother. How are you doing? Thanks for the invite. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm doing great. I appreciate you coming on. You know, my monologue, I talked a little bit about this, this JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett situation, and it's a great problem to have. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there right now that are like, man, I'd love to be undefeated number one in the country, a quarterback that's handling business, uh, doing what he has to do, and my best quarterback's not even in yet. How do yeah. you kind of see this, this situation going on right now? Well, right now, I think the best ability is dependability for Kirby Smart's perspective, and that's Stetson Bennett, right? I mean, Stetson's that's 100%. in there. He's He's playing the game. You can rely on him up to this point. Aaron and I were talking about it on the podcast earlier this mm-hmm. week. Stetson Bennett will probably go down as Kirby Smart's favorite player he's ever coached at Georgia. This guy was third string all throughout fall camp. What does that mean, Jake? You're not getting reps. You're True. not working and finding consistency and getting into a groove, having a rhythm with the offense. That matters when you're underneath center. That matters when you're trying to develop relationships with your wide receivers at the first sign of injury in week two against uab everybody thought it would be carson beck the number two start quarterback coming out of camp and kirby said well you know wait a minute let's just throw the keys to stetson the guy didn't even practice that week and he goes you know five of nine with five touchdowns in his first game starting in the 2021 season he's got this quiet confidence about him mm-hmm. i don't even think you'd call it swagger i think it's quiet confidence that this that's this team really responds too well they feed off that and it, and it kind of calms everybody down in big moments uh, and it's going to be a big moment on saturday i don't know if kentucky's ready for it yeah i don't know if kentucky's going to score you know the great thing about sets and bennett is he can go out there and, and go 10 for 15 for 240 yards two touchdowns and then do your taxes after the game it's a great situation that georgia's <laughs> got going on over there uh but drew watching this team and i had bo Nix on yesterday and he said, you know, Georgia is great schematically on defense, but it's not like they do anything crazy. They just have guys that make plays, guys that yeah. get off blocks. Their gap sound. They're always in the right spot. And it looks to me like the guy that has the most fun on Georgia's team is N'Kobe Dean because nobody touches him on the offensive line because Jordan Davis, I swear, is three people stapled together. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're so good up front. And when you can apply pressure with your front four, not just your front seven, but your front True. four, uh, your defense is going to look really good. Keep in mind, heading into this season, there was a lot of questions around the secondary for Georgia. You knew it would be mass that the front seven could get after the quarterback. Now it's the front four getting after the quarterback, which is allowing those linebackers who are mm-hmm. absolute studs to run around, play loose, play fast. And you see Nakobe going sideline to sideline, getting downhill quickly when needed, and making a lot of plays. I think that frees up everybody on the defense. It speaks to the depth that Georgia has. And it also speaks to the development that Coach Dan Landing and Kirby really Mm -hmm. see throughout the first six weeks of the season. Now is when you really start to understand there's tape out there. Guys know what we're going to do on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to try to scheme around it. I mean, Kentucky certainly has playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, and, and Will Levis is playing at a high level. But one thing that I think is getting overlooked, or maybe not so much now, 
is that home field advantage in 2021 is real. Look what happened real. in College Station last weekend, right? Look what happened in Iowa when Clifford went out and that fan base got back into the got back into the game. Drew, Georgia, look at Florida and Kentucky. Look at Florida. I mean to cut you off, but watch Florida and Kentucky in the red zone. That cost Florida probably 35 yards and almost 14, maybe 17 points. Yeah, that first drive Arkansas had against Georgia a couple yeah. weeks ago at noon, two consecutive false starts. Now they're inside their own 10, and it was game over. I mean, a year ago in the SEC specifically, extreme limited capacity. In other conferences, no fans at all. This is different. Kentucky's had one true road game, that being South Carolina. I mean, say what you want about the Gamecocks, but this season, obviously not the caliber football that you expect yeah. in Columbia. Uh, it's going to be a live crowd in Athens. First time the dogs are ranked number one in season in the AP and coaches poll since 1982. Back wow. in 2017, they were number one in the college football playoff ranking. Alabama was number one in the AP and coaches poll. This crowd base is going to be so fired up. I think Kentucky is going to have a really hard time communicating on offense. And like you said, Jordan Davis, man, forget about it. The kids should be in the NFL right now. He came yeah. back to Athens to play his senior year. Uh, and that defense is reaping the benefits. Oh, for sure. And it looks like it's going to end up being a great decision for him, not only for the yeah. wins, but he's uh, improved his draft stock a lot, even from last year. Uh, we're here with Drew Butler. You can find him on Punt and Pass Podcast. Him and Aaron Murray do a heck of a job over there. Icon source. Drew's got his hand everywhere. Man, he's like Gandalf. You just turn on the team. There he is. <laughs> just walking around with his staff, making great decisions, involved in everything. But, Drew, my last question before I let you go, and this is one, you know, your dad played at Georgia. Your Georgia legacy, he was a heck of a player. You were a heck of a player. Is this Georgia's best chance, in your opinion, to win the national championship? To me, I think when you look at the landscape of college football, it is. I, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. If you would have told me in June that after week six, the rankings would be number one, Georgia, number two, Iowa, and number three, Cincinnati. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Mick Hamilton at Icon Source, the Bearcats, yeah. number three in the nation right now. I would have said you're crazy. I would have said, let me have what you're having because it sounds like a good time. Look around the landscape right now, but also understand, yeah, Alabama lost last weekend. They're still one of the more elite For teams sure. in college football. Mm -hmm. Georgia is extremely sound. That defense it can hide a lot of issues that you might have on offense, maybe even on special teams. But the way Jake Kamara punts the ball, the way Georgia has been winning the field position battle, to throw your defense out there, put 10 to 14 points on the board on the offensive side of the ball, got a pretty good chance of winning that football game. I think this is Georgia's best chance. Kirby says they play with a lot of connection. That's true. It's evident. You can see it yeah. on game day. Now it's a matter of stacking wins. Get a big win against Kentucky this weekend. They're huge favorites. I think rightfully so. You get a bye week, and then you try to finish it off. Florida down in Jacksonville, kind of coast on in. Watch out for Tennessee, maybe. Coach Heupel scheming things up on the offensive side of the ball for the Vols. But you have to be feeling good. Georgia looking like they'll be back in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. And with that defense, man, they'll play you in a parking lot. You'll have a good chance to win it. That's exactly right. Well, Drew, great stuff, man. Let's uh, let's get you back on here soon. Tell everybody where they can find the podcast with you and Aaron, and uh, let's go grab uh, some cold sodas here soon. Yeah, man, cold sodas for sure. Punt and pass, wherever you listen to podcasts, Aaron Murray and I, college football breakdown, SEC and college football playoff related, and then Icon Source as well. If you're a business owner or a brand looking to connect with a student athlete for an NIL endorsement deal, check us out, iconsource.com. Download the app. It's totally free. Student athletes are doing awesome right now. So come get active over at Icon Source. I appreciate you, J-Boy. Anytime, Drew. Let's do it again soon, buddy. Tell Aaron I said what's up. Did a good job the other day in the broadcast. 
Awesome, man. Hey, Co- did Cone have that baby yet? Is he? Is he? Oh man, look, it's already it's already six foot two. It's yeah. amazing. I love it. He's we wearing my clothes now. Bama's already offered him. He's wearing six month clothing now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got four offers already, so they're already kind of making some decisions on some visits. Uh, just got to get a baby Bjorn for yeah, Cone to NL walk around. Deals. Yeah, he's got two nil deals <laughs> well, from yeah, Icon Source. Shout a, out, Drew. We got to give him an Icon Source profile. <laughs> Cone, I hope that baby and mama are doing healthy. Congratulations. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. All right, be good, be good, Drew. Thanks, buddy. Drew's Drew's always fun to have and on he here. He could punt the hell out of it now, good. man. And his dad could kick the hell, hell out of it. Kevin yeah, Butler man. broke up. You know, Kevin Butler was the kicker for the '85 Bears. Drew has a hilarious story about his mom and his dad supposedly getting married on a certain date. He went to the first meeting for the '85 Bears, walked out, called her, and said, "I don't think we can get married during this time. We're about to win the Super Bowl." It's <laughs> <laughs> just a great story. I gotta That's let him. Awesome, I gotta let him tell it. But uh, what's the Booster Club saying over there? You know, not a lot. We had a question. From Jim likes football. We had a lot of people in here talking about the Demon Deacons from Wake Forest. Really? You know, undefeated. You know, if they do go undefeated, win the ACC championship, are they getting in? Man, God. See, this is where you want the 18 playoff. I know we're going to 12, but it would help so much more. Can you keep them out, Cone? Can you keep them out? If they go undefeated, there's not a lot of teams going undefeated. I'm telling you right now, if Wake Forest and Iowa is in the playoff, or they're in in a tournament style and it doesn't have to do with NCAA basketball, that's what – I mean, nobody. Who's the Wake Forest fan that put money on Wake making the playoff at probably plus 800 million thousand trillion billion before the season is going to get absolutely breaded? Uh, But no, I mean, Wake, that's a good call. I mean, it is. Who in the ACC is the best team, really? I mean, you, they, do you say it's Wake right now? If they go undefeated in the ACC, they will make the playoff. When do they play Boston College? You can, Cone, can, when do y'all look I'll, that up? I'll look it up. Let, look it up. When do they play Boston College? Anything else from the Boost Club before we get to power rankings? Um, we have a question here for Jim Likes Football. He put it in here three times, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go okay. ahead and get it out. Well, Jim Likes Football. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, 2020 Bama. Okay. Our 2019 LSU, Ooh. who you take winning. Also, although this is an unlikely scenario, would a three-loss Auburn SEC champion make the playoffs, Penn State, Georgia, one more along the way, and they win the Iron Bowl? Okay. <laughs> uh, to, your, to your first question, Jim, I'm going to take the over in that game. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, uh, la, la, la. Oh, man, I God, think that's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go LSU. I'm gonna go LSU. I'm gonna Joe go LSU Burrow. and Jamar Chase. Yeah, you know, and I think the L- I think the LSU defense was a little bit better. A little bit better. Too. I agree. I think that's where that game would, would be won that and on special teams and a three team a three loss team making the playoff. I don't see it. Maybe I mean, not, maybe in a couple of years. May, maybe in a couple of years when it's a twelve team. But unless a wide hey, receiver Jake. grows on a tree, they can pick. What's up, Cody? Jake, Wake Forest ends their season at Clemson November 20th and then Ooh. at Boston College November 27th. Hey, hey, how funny is it? You want to know how great college football is? How funny is it that this year, who would have thought this, LSU would be a sandwich game for Kentucky and Clemson's trying to play, play spoiler for Wake Forest. <laughs> What's going on? I love college football. Is this football. disclosure? Is this disclosure? Is this it? Is this what it looks like? Is this the year? Or is this the year? This Are they trying down? to tell us something, Cone? That's true. That's true. All right. Let's get to these power rankings. Mm, power. Because it's about to get awfully physical in here. I love Tuesday. Can we start with the what? East, Cone? Can we start with the East just to, as Wayne said, let the beat build a little bit? Let's start with Wheezy was here yesterday. He was. Why didn't he stop by? 
And he you didn't tell him they had the music festival yesterday. Well, I texted him. him I texted him. He never texted me back. Well, that's on you. I know. He's a busy guy. All right, number one, Georgia. Shocker. Number two, Kentucky. Man, it just fills my heart with joy to see that. Steve's After the baby. pick during the summer, just fills my heart with joy. Not hearing a lot. Where they at? You caught some flack, Where they at, though? You caught some flack. Where they at? All right, then Florida, number three. Obviously, I'm going to put Tennessee four because they beat Missouri. I mean, by a thousand points. So yep. Tennessee at four, Missouri at five, South Carolina at six. The hardest part about this was Missouri and South Carolina. Who was I going to put in front of each other? Flint, Michigan, Mega Bowl. Yeah, I, that was the toughest one for me. I mean, one's easy, two's easy, three's easy, four's pretty much easy. Seven is the easiest. You think it was easy for me to put Georgia number one? I put Vandy number seven before my eyes opened this yeah. morning. <laughs> so that's the East. That's the East. See if anybody's got a problem with the Missouri-South Carolina. Our guys from the Mazad cast are always in here. Super fan Phil, huge Missouri fans, a, a fan of the show. Uh, I just wonder, is anybody pissed about that? Has anybody uh, said anything? No, there hadn't been a lot of movement on the Missouri-South Carolina talk. There hasn't? Yeah. God, that's such <laughs> I'm just, so surprised that, by I it. know. It's, that's headline news. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? All right. Now. Let's go to the West, the wild, wild West. I'm just waiting for Will Smith to, to come in here and, and try and save everybody. All right, I'm going to leave Bama number one. I think you have to. I think you have to. Ole Miss number two. Beat Arkansas. Yeah. Going to put him there. Arkansas three. I know they have two losses in the West, but right now Arkansas looks like a better football team to me than Auburn. They're I a more agree. complete football team. I agree. It's just the truth. Uh, and I'm not punishing Auburn for losing to Georgia. But they've lost to Georgia and Penn State, two really good teams. But outside of somebody just that has orange and blue glasses on, you can't look at me and look around and say, oh, man, this Auburn team, they're deficient in some bad areas to be deficient. On the offensive line, Mm -hmm. they can't dominate and take over a game in the run game. Can't do it, don't have the personnel. The biggest disappointment on the team has been the wide receivers. I knew they they weren't going to be great, but nobody really, you could say maybe Kobe Hudson a little bit. I mean, all the other guys are on the back of a milk carton. You look on the defense, the defense line's been pretty good against the run, but for the second straight year, there is no pass rush. There is not one. Stetson Bennett uh, watched two Harry Potter movies back there and and was able just to have fun, him and his buddy Lad McConkey, just – Auburn put no yeah, pressure you look, on them. You look at the Auburn offense, and you look at the Auburn offense, and tell me what you're good at. Yeah, tell me what you're good at. Tell me what you're good at. Tell me what you're good at. Not running. Yeah, back Bo having to run like crazy yeah, and make crazy. Like, that doesn't last. You should have known. There's when, a reason A&M yeah, didn't win the national yeah. championship with Johnny Manziel. That stuff doesn't last. You should have known when Auburn won that game in LSU because Auburn Bo had to break 13 tackles in two plays yeah. to win that game. That that's not good. And it's not Harson's fault. That's no, what it's he not shows you how bad fault. Gus Malzahn was. Yeah, it's not Harson's fault. You, you're not going to win every game yeah. like that. And if there's still Gus Malzahn, but listen, I'm not saying as a person he's a great guy, but you don't pay him seven million dollars to hold the door for your mother. Yeah, you pay him seven million dollars to win championships and recruit well and and see a lot of you can say oh well they had this top 10 class that this top 10 class well you look at some of the players and that means maybe the ranking guy screwed up but this is your job this is what you do you are you are paid to watch and say this guy can develop into a good player and they missed more than Auburn's basketball team under Tony Barbie and right now if you look at Auburn what Bruce Pearl's done you got people out there recruits out there that's like I know Auburn's a bat a recruit said I know Auburn's a basketball school if that's not a shot, yeah. I mean, who'd ever thought that? 
These are kids that are growing up now and haven't watched it mm-hmm. and understand it. All right, we've got Auburn 4, like I said, A&M 5. Guys that I know A&M fans on there would be like, well, you, how can you put A&M behind Auburn? I've got to see it for another week. I watched A&M lose to Mississippi State, okay? I watched them look bad against Arkansas. I've got to see it for another week. You beat Bama, heck yeah. I don't think it was a fluke, heck yeah, for, from an A&M fam, uh, standpoint. I don't think it was a fluke, but i got to see it again Yeah. But before I believe. And if they go out and do it, and Arkansas handles Auburn, and A&M wins, I'm putting A&M in front of Auburn. Because mm-hmm. I think if they played right now and A&M plays even close to the way they played, Auburn's not beating them. They're just not. Yeah. And then I'm going to go Mississippi State 6, and the artist formerly known as LSU 7th. Mm. I mean, LSU just, you know. LSU's like the, like the, the person that, that you saw in high school, you know, looked really good. Like, looked really peaked. good. you like, man, peaked. And then you come back to the reunion 10 years later, and you're just like, What? Are you okay? Are you all right? Like, what happened? Yeah. Was it medical? Like, so that's just the way LSU looks to me. But if they get Lane Kiffin. If they get Lane Kiffin, and I know, I know I'm, I'm throwing stuff here, and Rattler's out, could you see maybe Rattler? I don't know if LSU fans want Spencer Rattler. I don't know. LSU fans out there, tell us. If you want Spencer Rattler, let me know. Yeah. I don't think they do. I don't think so. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't either. To be honest with you. All right. So those are the power rankings. And now it is time for our bets of Tuesday night football. And I could not be more excited about this. We've got some fun belt action. Sun belt, fun belt, baby. Sun belt, fun belt, baby. A lot of people have been asking me, are we picking the game tonight? If they're playing it, we're picking it. And that's how it rolls. Love it. All right. We're going to start with me. Now, the number has jumped up since. So we make our picks earlier in the morning. And we try and watch the lines as they go. And before the show, it popped up to 25 and a half, the ULL TTP. And yes, I'm calling them ULL. I'm sorry, Billy. That's just what, when we played y'all, that's what we called y'all. We coached y'all, that's what we called y'all, that's what I'm calling y'all. So it's up to 25 and a half. I would still take it at 25 and a half. Give me ULL total team points to score over 25 and a half. Levi Lewis, the 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 lefty, uh, I think they're going to be able to score against an App State defense that, that's played pretty well. App's undefeated. This is a great matchup. These are the two best teams in the Sun Belt. But give me ULL at home scoring 26 or more points. Blaine, what do you got? I am taking, and I usually don't take unders, guys, but I looked at this game, and, you know, I didn't see a lot that I liked. Um, I think these are two even match teams. I think App State has a little bit of an edge, but I'm taking the under for the first half at 30 and a half. You're taking an under. I know. You looked know. me in the eyes and said you'll never, I never know. take another under. I know, I know, but I feel you like both, I feel like both these teams, and you kind of go through their schedule a little bit and go quarter by quarter. You know, they're really good second half football teams. Um, I think the first half is going to be a little bit of feeling a st- each other out. stalemate, right? A little bit of stalemate, and then you'll see the adjustments coming for the second half. I'm thinking a lot of field goals maybe in the first half, but I'm liking the under in the 30 and a half. 30 and a half. Great. All right. Coney, Coney Baloney, what are you taking? It's a weird world, man. You know how much I hate taking overs. Blaine hates taking unders. And we're flipping. What's going on? Give me the App State ULL over at 57 and a half. There's clear skies skies at Cajun Field tonight. I think they're going to put up some points. And uh, Jake, you and I can be bet buds tonight. Let's be bet buddies. Be bet, but sorry, Blaine, you're not invited. I see how it is, guys. You're not invited. My I birthday. See, I guess party. I'm just Stephen Glansberg. You're Steve. Eat pudding your pudding and shut up. That's fine. Sit at the table and you shut up and That's eat your fine. pudding like a good Stephen Glansberg. <laughs> All right, anything from the Booster Club before we wrap this bad boy up? Put anything it under the tree. From the Booster Club, of course. There's something from the Booster of Club. Course. We could be here for six hours asking That's true. questions. Mike and Mary with the question: Arkansas beats Bama and Ole Miss loses another one since Bama beat Ole Miss and Arkansas lost to Ole Miss. 
do you who's where? Do you see it changing up a little bit? That's a confusing question. Uh, I mean, like who's where? Where, where would rankings, I rank them? I'm guessing rankings. So if Bama lost to Arkansas, and what after that? Ole Miss lost loses to, uh, another one, and Ole Miss loses another one. It depend on really who they lost to. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. I mean. You'd almost have to, but it depends on what happens with Arkansas and Auburn. Arkansas beats Auburn, and then they beat Bama. Even though Ole Miss beat them, and it was by one point at home in a shootout, I would probably put Arkansas up there. But it would depend on who Ole Miss lost to. That, that's a big part of this. You know, did they lose to Tennessee? Did they lose to LSU? Who did they lose to? That, I, I would have to get more information on that. What else we got, Mine? Yeah, I got a question here from Hayden Fullwood. What's up, Hayden? Hashtag Ask J-Boy. Will we see a big rebound game this weekend from Tank Bigsby? He's been awfully quiet lately. I think it's possible if we stop trying to force him up the middle every time Every time he touches the ball. Yeah, but look, the line's got a block for him. I mean, there's been a reason Auburn hasn't had a bunch of explosive plays in the run game. You've seen a few from Jarquez Hunter. Uh, I think they're going to lean on the run game, obviously, because the receivers have been struggling. Will they be able to handle the three down from Arkansas? Ole Miss handled it really well, but don't forget, guys, Ole Miss's defense plays a three down two and odd so they practice against that all during the fall camp all during spring so they're used to seeing it but on the other hand Auburn is playing a ton mainly three down you're looking at Tony Fair and the zero so they've seen it a lot during the spring during the fall so I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn had a little bit of success you watched Ole Miss run that lead zone uh, they hit him with split zone didn't get a ton of gap scheme from Ole Miss but they hurt him with Snoop Connor on that lead zone wouldn't be shocked if you saw that play a couple times this week from Auburn yeah uh, a couple things there was a comment earlier that disappeared in the chat that I want to get to it was AU merch he said it's his first time coming out to watch this show live he said y'all guys are doing a great job He's going to be back. I appreciate that, AU Merch, man. Thank I can't you. wait to see you again. I put a poll out earlier. Who has better hair, me or Billy? Billy got 87%. <laughs> so I appreciate that, Chad. I'm going to go get a haircut after this. Yeah, man, that's tough. Um, that's personal. Yeah, Let's get is. personal. Uh, we had a question from Jeff. He says, uh, after the win against Bama this Saturday A&M, how much does that help them in recruiting? Oh, a ton. In that atmosphere? A ton. And, you know, there's spots where A&M where you can go in and play early, but it's huge for recruiting. I mean, you can go in the living room. Jimbo can go in the living room and say, hey, guys, told you we were going to do it. Who's been the biggest, baddest guy on the block in our conference? It's been Alabama, and we knocked him off, and you were there to see it. It just encapsulated what I'm sure was an unbelievable recruiting weekend for those guys. They do a really good job out there at College Station at Kyle Field. Even though the video of the guy doing the, the hitch stuff's just – it's cringe, to man. Me. That's cringe God, to me. That's cringe. That's cringe to me. You can the do, delivery's yeah, got to be better. Like, okay, you can you do have that, else but you have to, to be it. funnier. You got to be funny and have some personality, and you can't just be, you know, nervous Nelly out there. They need to put another guy in overalls and let him do that. But it was huge for recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to see it. And it's not like A and M needed any help. True. In recruiting, I mean, they've been balling. Yeah. What else we got? We got a question here from Grant Addison. Question, Grant, uh, love Grant. Question for J Boy. Kelly Jefferson hogs. had a breakout passing game against Ole Miss. He had some crucial throws deep and short, but still had the overthrows. How do you see his development as a passer going? Grant, that's a great question. Uh, you know, we've talked about a lot on here with KJ. And, and early in the season, because people were trying to compare him to Joe Milton, and I was like, Joe Milton overthrows everybody in the stadium, and KJ has unbelievable touch on the deep ball uh, and does well short. You know, doesn't really have a problem with the hitches. It's been that intermediate game, like you're mentioning, Grant, uh, the, the wide throws outside of the hash and the intermediate passing game. That's when he sails it. And a lot of times with KJ, you'll see, and, and you see this with pitchers sometimes, when your elbow gets too high, because it's a wide throw, and you've got, and he's got a great arm, but you still got to put stuff on it. Sometimes that arm will drift up on you, and that hand will drift up, and that thumb won't get down, and that ball will sail. That's kind of what you're seeing from KJ. But he's such a he's a nat, pretty natural thrower, 
And he's just a guy that's built to throw from deep to short. And it takes a little bit longer Mm -hmm. for those guys from deep to short to be able to be good at the in-between. If you're better short to deep, you're good. Obviously short, really good in-between. And it's getting enough or putting it in the right spot, whether it's the vertical, whether it's the post, and you're throwing him to the field. I think you'll see KJ keep getting better. And he's a young guy. He's going to get another offseason in that throwing program. Uh, And Sam Pittman and Kendall Bryles and them have have done a great job developing him. I'm going to be honest with you. From what I saw last year to this year, KJ's ahead of where I thought he was going to be as a thrower. Uh, Because if you watch last year, you didn't have great sample size, and and he kind of had a funky motion. They cleaned it up, and I think the sky's the limit for that kid. I think he's going to have a chance in the NFL. You know, he's got a little, and Byron Leftwich was a hell of a player. Man, he looks like Byron Leftwich. He moves like him, too. He moves like him, too. I think he's a little more athletic than Byron. But you know Mm -hmm. what I like about KJ Jefferson? He He does not care about his health. He doesn't like, shy. He, he doesn't, doesn't shy away. away. And contact. with a quarterback, you know, you're like, don't do that, don't do that. But when you're six foot six, this guy's size of a D line, two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, he jumped from the five and put the ball out and scored. I mean, he's got athleticism. So love KJ Jefferson and his future and Arkansas's future. Yeah, absolutely. A question here from Vernon Washington: Did you see the five hundred sixty-nine thousand seven hundred eighty-three dollar money parlay Caesars took last week on Cincinnati, Ohio State, and Texas A&M money line? I did not, but if you hit that and want to share any of that with the show, the donations button, if you, we got a super chat button in here, donate. But look, it's always interesting seeing some of these crazy parlays. The one that blo- the ones that blow my mind are like the twelve teamers, like the one, the, the great white buffalo. Great, you know, white we always buffalo. talk about the one that got away, the girl that got away, you know, got, got away, buffalo. whatever. Uh, the great white, that's the great white buffalo, and sometimes you catch the great white buffalo. Got a question here from Matt. Could you see Lincoln Riley to LSU? No. No, I think Lincoln's fine at Oklahoma. I think that the only way, the next place you'll see Lincoln Riley is in the NFL. I really I believe that. I don't think. Look, he's got a great gig at Oklahoma, and now you're coming to the SEC, which Lincoln's not afraid of the SEC. No. Like when people are like, "Oh, well, you know, he's in the Big Twelve. He's afraid to come to the SEC." Well, they're coming to the SEC. So no, I think if you see Lincoln Riley make a move, it'll be up to the league. Yeah. You got a question here from Tigers Picks Pixels. What is the chance Mizzou beats Texas A&M this weekend? Because now they're hyped into. Top 25 with two losses. Missouri's defense is so bad. I mean, they're so bad. you never say never, just like with A&M and Bama, but the, the talent gap between A&M and Bama, to me, may be closer than what it is between A&M and Missouri right now, as crazy as that sounds, because Missouri has a legitimate lack of for lack of a better term, piss-poor defense. Like, they're bad. They'd be bad in the Sun Belt. They, they'd probably be bad in FCS. Mm-hmm. And it's just the truth. Yeah. Got a question here from Grant Brown. Is there any way we could come to the College Football Hall of Fame and watch the J-Boys show in person? Yes, you can. <laughs> Tuesdays and Wednesdays are closed. Any other day, I believe. Dude, Grant, come on down. How about this? You come on down. We'll give you a hoodie. And we'll throw you a shout-out on the show. Because we can go to the fan cam. Come, can you hit the fan cam to show kind of everybody, like, how it would look? Like, we would love – it's closed today, but sometimes we have people all around here. Uh, We'd love for you guys to come out and hang out with us. I mean, we'll talk to you before the show. Look, we're we're just – we don't think it's anything other than what it is. I mean, we're, we're going to be us, whether it's yeah. on the show. This is how we are. This is just who we are. I think that's what has made the show so successful is that, you know, yeah, we have knowledge, this, that, and the other. A lot of people have knowledge, but this is actually us. This is, this is who we are on and off the show. So, Grant, come on down, man. Only good, I mean, merch. only good as their fans, man. Uh, Iron Man football with a question. J-Boy, Cristobal to LSU. Will it happen? You know, you look at that contract for Oregon, and, and I've talked about it. To me, to me, even with Lane Kiffin, Cristobal is the home run hire. 
because you don't not that Lane's had anything off the field. I talked about this earlier, but Cristobal is is one of the top guys in the country. And look, if it's not LSU, and he's at Oregon when Nick retires from Alabama, Coach Saban, he's going to be the next coach at Alabama. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's the coach in waiting. I'm telling you right no. now, that's going to be the next one. But Cristobal would be a grand slam. Lane Kiffin would be a three run home run. But I would never say never. It's just getting him out of that contract at Oregon. And I think the buyout for Lane at Ole Miss is eight and a half million. Nine million, something, something like that. Like that. You're it's in the right. You're yeah, in the right something range. like that. I, I got to look that up. Got a question here from Patrick Bateman, eighty-four. What's Pat, up, Pat? PB. Uh, this Arkansas game is so eerily similar to Penn State. Good defense, sta- uh, stable QB playing like a dude named comment. Traylon Burks. But does Auburn still have the roster advantage? No, Auburn doesn't. They don't. Look, I'm telling you right now, Arkansas is a better roster than Auburn. Yeah, hands down. Hands down, they got a better. Better offensive line. There, there are more guys that would start for Auburn on Arkansas's team than Auburn that would start at Arkansas. And again, it shows you how bad Gus Malzahn was at identifying talent and developing it. And it's just the truth. It's just, and I hate to be like that. I've got no problem with Gus Malzahn, but you see it. It's not Brian Harson's fault. It's not. Look at how they recruited the offensive line. Look at the way that Auburn's offensive line, and I'm not trying to be mean, but just look at the way they look. Facts don't care about your feelings. Facts right? don't care about your feelings. Like, look at the way Auburn's offensive line is, is shaped at some some positions. It's just not – you're not winning the SEC. And I love the, the Coach Pittman, the, the strength coach that Auburn hired. Mm-hmm. And they'll get guys in there. Just got Drew Bobo, Mike Bobo's son, this, this past week. But, you know, you got to get guys in there that can physically do it. Physics is a real thing. Ability is a real thing. There's some things you can't teach. There's some things you can't teach. Auburn doesn't have the guys right now, and that's Brian Harsons. We talked about in the offseason, and everybody gets excited during the season, and this, that, and the other, and we can do this. But, look, you're either strong enough and big enough and athletic enough to do it or you're not. And yeah. Auburn has doesn't have enough of those guys right I now. I agree. we got a question here from Razorback and Rockets Highlight Reel. Oh, yeah. Do you think Arkansas could come second in the West? Super happy with KJ's play last week, but did not expect Barry Odom's tough defense to fall apart. Game's a dub play. Game's a dub if it's played in Fayetteville. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think Arkansas probably wins that game if it's in Fayetteville. And, and look, you have games sometimes where somebody is just finding it. And Ole Miss did a really good job. And, and I thought Arkansas kind of was overplaying. They were overrunning things uh, on the front side of plays against runs. If you watch, that front side is flying, and the backside guys played over the top. That's why you see Snoop stick his foot, get it north, and there was nobody there. Because there's something, and we talk about winning the water cooler, right? We always tell the safeties on the backside of a run, a run, you run the J, all right? So think about this. Very simple. Run's going this way. I'm the backside safety. I know it's a run. I've cleared it's a run with my eyes. I'm going to run a J to try and catch this guy in his back hit because if he cuts underneath me, there's nobody backside. The corner's gone. So Arkansas safeties, and, and it surprised me with Catalan and some of those guys, and they didn't tackle great either, yeah. uh, but they weren't running the J on the backside, and Snoop was able to make the cut and go. Yeah, so I think, I think Arkansas, yeah. to answer the question, yes, there's yeah. a, they could they could be second in the West as easy as anybody mm-hmm. could be second in the West. Now, if they don't beat Auburn, then they're probably not going to be. But I would not be shocked to see Arkansas finish second in the West. Yeah, I think this was more about how good Ole Miss offense was more than about Arkansas's defense. Yeah, you look schematically, and look, it's, it's not like Barry Odom and them were like, oh, my God, we don't know how to line up against this. It wasn't some crazy formation, mm-hmm. but but it was a play that, that 
they were hitting and they were using it and they were watching because you always have guys watching other spots on the field. They were watching how the safeties were reacting, how the linebackers were reacting because when you're playing a three down like that, the gaps change very quickly. And to be able to play a three down like that, you've really got to control the interior, which Ridgeway has done a great job of that for Arkansas, but you've got to fit it perfect. Are there gaps just like in a four down and they just weren't fitting it right, especially on the backside? Yeah, I got a question here from K Money. It says, any football program getting set to explode the next few years like Clemson did? Oh, man, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, you say explode like Clemson, like win multiple national championships. I still think A&M's on a track to be really, really good over the next three mm-hmm. to five years. I said that before the before the season. A&M would not shock me if they got over the top. Georgia wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, looking around the rest of the country, I mean, you look at the Big Ten. Could Michigan put it together with Harbaugh and, and start recruiting at that elite level again? Because, again, they are a sleeping giant. That'd be one I'd watch. Penn State would be one that I'd watch with James Franklin, a Pennsylvania guy, especially if he doesn't leave there. Um, th- those would be probably the ones I would put it at. I look out west, Oregon. I just, I don't think so. I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 really, you know, you're looking at the middle of the country, not Nebraska. So, so I would say the teams I mentioned. I would say Penn State. I'd watch out for them. I'd watch out for A&M. Uh, outside of that, you know, making a run like Clemson. Look, it's so hard to do what Clemson's done. I mean, it's that. That's why. Yeah, you go back and look. Watch at those, what Clemson does next yeah. year. Watch. You, just wait. You go back and you look at those Clemson teams. Yeah. Their rosters and the individual players on there, they were really good. They're really good, really especially good. where. Up front. Yes, That's exactly. Very true. A couple things here. AU Merch, uh, any recruiting shows on the horizon? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, the recruiting it. roundup will be back soon. We're going to have recruits come on. We're going to have recruiting analysts come on from each team. We're going to dedicate segments to it. Probably expect that around week nine. We're going to start mixing it in there. Uh, and we may be covering uh, another sport, too, that's oh. coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been asked to do that a lot. So, yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. Players, coaches, everybody. Grant Brown, the guy who wanted to go, I'm a student. Mississippi State, but from the ATL, I'll definitely drive home for the chance to watch the show and get the hoodie. Hey, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do spoiler alert. We got Coach Leach coming on tomorrow, oh, too. Oh, so look about what that, you did, Grant? Grant. Look what you did, Grant. But, dude, drive on down from uh, Stark Vegas. Come down here to the ATL. Come down to the Hall of Fame. And, uh, dude, we may just tape you live kicking a field goal or trying to yeah, throw man, this man, in this. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? It's got, 2021. Uh, question here from Schoolyard, Schoolyard Sports. What's up, Schoolyard? Any chance Tennessee can piece together their season, finish with three losses, and make a New, York, New Year's Six Bowl? Look, and I love our Tennessee fans, and we got a big-time Tennessee player coming on here probably tomorrow or Friday. Hinted at it on social media. So, Tennessee fans, you can tell everybody. But – when I look at Tennessee, here's and, and we talk about not fool's gold, but I want you guys to understand, Hypel inherited personnel that's not as bad as South Carolina as it's not as good as Auburn's. And we've talked about how Auburn's personnel isn't where it's supposed to be. My thing is, and I will continue to stick with this because I've said it and I've said it and I've said it. I think what Josh Hypel does offensively, that system, can work. It can work. But they don't have the depth on defense to be able to do it at a high level against really good opponents. Tell me one good team that Tennessee has beaten. And that's not a knock on Hypel. That's why I was surprised that they were operating at that speed with the personnel that they had on defense. Now, once they get the personnel in there on defense, then it becomes really scary. But don't get frustrated if Tennessee looks bad against Ole Miss at home. Don't be frustrated if they look bad against some of the bigger teams. You look at the second half against Florida where they scored no points. You look at the Pittsburgh game. It's going to take some time. 
with what they're doing. So I know everybody in Knoxville is all high right now, high up on the winds, and that and that's great. Y'all deserve it as a fan base. But don't get too far out over your skis. Take it as it comes and realizes the next two to three years are going to be huge for Tennessee. But thanks to the Booster Club. Uh, make sure you check out those bets where I'm going to tweet them out right when we leave here. It's been another great show. Booster Club seemed hot again, Blaine. Oh, man, it was super hot. Well, I mean, why would I expect anything different? That's true. You know, why that's, the, they're the, they're the real OG boosters, man. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's exactly right. But we thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button as well. Go to the jboyshow.com and grab some merch. And we have some Booster Club merch. The logos, I have selected them. And they will be put out on the merch store. So it's, go to thejboyshow.com, hit the shop. It's great price, great stuff. The hoodies, you can wear them during the summer. You can wear them during the winter. It's not like you're putting on a parka. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Ooh, I think this one's going to be good. Mm. I think this is going to be really good. Like Alabama's undefeated season, after last week, we're going, going. Going. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. When the water cooler with the J-Boy Show. The Volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.